Brazilian women brought to face in the house. Come on. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. If you stay standing, honouring God's Word today. We're beginning a new series called A Star Is Born. And how many of you appreciate Christmas time? I just love getting into... Matthew chapter 2 says this, verse 1, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Someone say disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them the question, where is the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem? They answered, for this is what the prophet has written for you, Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread. And Jesus, the bread of life, is born into the house of bread. The Bible says in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd, someone say shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. He said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10, so important. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with what? Exceedingly great joy. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice. God, even those who perhaps watch this online. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift them up to you. And Lord, you know the plans you have for them. You know the purposes you have for them. And so, Father, I lift them up to you and I pray that these moments, these moments would help them, help them build families, help them build faith, pour out your anointing and your super onto these natural moments, I pray. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life. I declare I can become all you've destined me to become. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a hand. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. All right, grab your seat. Slap your neighbor. Tell them I'm glad you're here. Well, I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. Who enjoyed Thanksgiving? How many had sweet potato? Turkey? Apple pie, anyone? No? Someone's like, no, ice cream, whatever else you had. Um, One of my children who will be unnamed in this was in a teaching moment experience recently. And the teacher asked all the children, I think it was in church, said, what is Thanksgiving about? And one child put up their hand and they said, it's about Thanksgiving and giving God thanks. And literally my daughter put up her hand and said, no, it's not. It's about Turkey. And there's going to be class after church called Parenting 101. And I'm going to be sitting right in the front. 
taking lots of notes because I felt like a failure. I literally was like, that's what my eight-year-old thinks Thanksgiving's about. Turkey. Isn't it funny though in life, we so often need to be reminded of what actually is important. It always feels like God is bringing us back to the main thing, bringing us back to priorities, bringing us back to His Word, bringing us back to what's actually really important. In a time and an age of distraction, God wants you to value the most valuable things, doesn't He? We jump into a text in Matthew chapter 2 that is famous, but I want to really point out to you one particular character, but I want to talk about this thing first. How many of you over the years have enjoyed shows such as America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent or American Idol or any of those singing shows? Seven of you. Good. The rest of you. Got no idea. Might do a couple of numbers for you after church. Uh, but anyway, it's, I always love the guys and the girls who absolutely cannot sing. I love them. Uh, then there's kind of the people who are pretty good. And then you know something's about to be good because they tell this really emotional story. The worst moment in the person's life, they've got to elevate it and, and lift it up and they get them crying. And here's what you know. You know the moment they're telling you a sad story about the person, you know this person can sing like Pavarotti. You know they bring you from the emotional low to the high. And what are they doing? They're looking for talent. They're looking for that X factor. They're looking for a star quality. They're not just after good TV. They're actually looking for that next Bono. That next, I don't know, Mariah Carey. They're looking for, for a star quality. And I want to say to you today that it was not Simon Cowell that was the first instigator of looking for star qualities. But actually, it was some wise men in the East thousands of years ago who saw a star that somehow looked distinctly different than the other stars. And they began to follow it. I've often found that God uses quite natural things to speak to you. God speaks to you through natural things. It's a star, but it's like He puts something super on it. It's a person, but he, it's an anointed conversation. Have you ever had one of those conversations and you feel like someone's talking to you and all of a sudden it's like, ah. Let's do that again. Ah. Felt good, didn't it? But have you ever had one of those conversations and all of a sudden you had a conversation, but it was like something, it was like God put something on that conversation. I pray in these moments when we get together in church that God will put something on these natural moments. It's just, let's be honest, it's speaking. All I'm doing is speaking. But God has to put his super on it. God has to put his... His, his anointing on it. God has to put His grace on it. Yeah. And I've noticed this. If you're hungry to listen, yeah. He'll speak. Yeah. He'll put something super on something very natural. Walking into a building, singing some songs, and listening to some guy with an Australian accent. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. And these wise men go and they find the star. And then they begin to bump into the most powerful man at that time is King Herod and they say we're looking for the star and instead of rejoicing what this man does is he takes a moment and feels insecure he's a king in a leadership role and instead of rejoicing that the king is coming he actually feels intimidated that truth 
has invaded his part of his world. And I find it interesting that Herod actually begins to look like he's investigating truth, but actually he's just grabbing truth and trying to confirm already his own preferences. Listen to what the scripture says in verse 8. He said, and he sent them. Someone said he sent them. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. It sounds very spiritual language, but his motives are all about his own glory and his own kingdom. You'll actually notice, unfortunately, throughout the history of mankind, when mankind does its worst, when mankind does its gravest, when the ugliest of the ugly come out in humanity, it will always be in moments when people are trying to secure their own power. They are trying to secure their own power. But you've got to not just look at the historical Herod, you've got to find yourself in the pages of Scripture. You've got to place yourself in the pages of Scripture. I find it interesting and amazing that, um, that a little bit of truth can actually be dangerous. A little bit of truth can be dangerous. I find this with the media. A little bit of truth can be dangerous. Herod finds a little bit of truth and then he spins it to his own agenda. You find this in the media all the time. It's not really, they're not there to report the story. They're there to report their own agenda. Because maybe sometimes they have a bit of a Herod spirit. Because they're not about the truth. They're about their own kingdom. Are you with me? Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall what? But isn't it true that sometimes the truth just makes you awkward? Isn't it true that someone sit, looks to you in a relationship one time and they say, tell me the whole truth? And you go, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> See, the truth actually makes us squirm sometimes. But I want you to see that Herod supposedly looks for the truth. But then he doesn't. And he's there to protect his own kingdom. And I wonder to myself today, which man will you be? Will you be like a Herod? Or will you be like a Cornelius? And I want to unpack this story for a moment. Cornelius is an Italian soldier. Acts chapter 10, one of my favorite passages because he's a man's man. He's a soldier. He's a tough guy. He leads a hundred men. He's got wisdom. He's got finance. He's got rulership. And here's what the interesting thing is. The Bible actually says that he prays to God regularly and that he's generous. Someone say pray. Someone say generous. generous. See, I do not believe that you can twist God's arm. I don't believe that you can kind of, he's not a genie in the bottle. Yeah. It, it's not a Christina Aguilera song. <laughs> you don't just have to rub it the right way. I don't believe you can twist God's arm, but I do believe you can get God's attention. Yeah. I believe that there are certain actions that seem to attract his favor. Like honey to a bee. It is important that you and I understand that even if you don't have a faith yet that's fully developed and fully grown, how many know we're all on a journey? Wherever you are upon the journey of life, here's what Cornelius should teach you and I. This Italian soldier has to teach you and I that I must follow the bit of truth I do know and continue to do it until God shows me more. He prays, and the Bible says he prays consistently and he gives generously. 
He's the, he's the opposite spirit of Herod. Herod is all about protecting his own kingdom. But this Italian, pizza-loving, spaghetti-loving, chicken parmesan-loving, chicken saltumbaca-loving, veal saltumbaca-loving, this Italian, slick-back, gold chain-wearing... But he's a man of faith. And sometimes I find that we need to change the picture of what manhood is. Because manhood, every time you see an Italian on TV, he's in the mob. And I know we got some Italians in this church. And they were in the mob. But they're becoming men of faith in Jesus' name. Come on, am I preaching to anyone? Just because your name's Donnie. <laughs> you can be a man of faith. He's an Italian soldier. He's an Italian stallion. He's a leader. And the Bible says he's a man of faith. He's not a 911 man of faith. That means you only talk to God in emergency situations. But you begin to cultivate that regular, consistent daily walk and talk with God that just becomes normal in your everyday life. You're a, you're a transformed man. You start with a transformed morning. You start and say, God, show me something in the morning. Are you with me? Yes. It got quiet since I mentioned the morning. <laughs> you can have a transformed afternoon. You can have a transformed evening. I don't care when you do it, but I would suggest in the morning. No point putting your armor on at the end of the day. How about you put the armor on at the start of the day? The day may go a little bit better, I found. Are you with me? Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Herod was interested in a tiny bit of truth for his own agenda. But what I love about this Italian man, this Italian stallion, was actually he said, I want to know the whole truth. And he's praying and he's generous. What is it in the heart of God that generosity gets his attention? One of the things, Psalm, uh, sorry, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17 says this. Proverbs 19, verse 17 speaks like this. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to who? Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Do you know the reason that we do giving Christmas away in our church? The reason is to meet needs in our church and outside our church. But the other reason that we do it is actually to attract the favor of God. Because I know if we'll give stuff away, it's the weirdest thing. If you'll give things away. Instead of be a Herod and contain things and hold things just to yourself. But if you'll give stuff away, it's like God sees you and says, I found a conduit that I can flow through and now my favor can be directed to that person because I found someone who will flow and be a river instead of a stocked up dam. Are you with me? See, I believe this, that we shine the brightest as people. We shine the brightest when we stop protecting our kingdom. We shine the brightest when we stop protecting our territory. I want you to see Herod for a moment. All of us, here's the weird thing, all of us have been Herod. 
Not because we've then gone psycho and killed people, but because when God shows up in our world, we felt intimidated. When truth shows up in your world, sometimes you feel intimidated. When God shows up and he says, hey, can I have that section of your life? You're like, that's my life. I know none of you have done this on the right side of church, but I think the left side of church, you guys are looking a little bit guilty today. You've got that guilty look in your eye. These guys look like angels, but you've got some issues. I'm going to spend more of my time preaching to you today because I see the guilt on your face and I know you've protected your little kingdoms. You can rebuke me if you want. You know, the truth is, recently, you know, my wife and I for 15 years have honored God with tithing and actually given above that. We've um, sponsored a compassion child for 15 years. We've asked God to stretch us and God has often led us to do different things and give to believe and build and those kinds of things. But recently, I found there was still a little bit of a Herod in me. I got some money recently that was unexpected money, which is always the best kind of money, actually. How many of you would enjoy some unexpected money? You know, there's weekly money or bi-weekly money, but then there's unexpected money. Well, I got some unexpected money. My grandfather was a little bit of an investor, and um, when my father passed away, unfortunately, but the blessing side was we got a bit of money. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was some money, but it was unexpected money. And I began to look at my bank account. I was like, oh, this is better than it's been. <laughs> better than it used to be. And the longer that sat in my bank account, I was like, oh, that looks good. That feels good. Look at me. Look at my little kingdom. My little savings account has a kingdom all to its own. Look at it. <laughs> my kingdom's expanding. And then I actually, you know, unusual moment I was like oh do I tithe off this I was like oh but it it was looking so good gosh it just had that look to it and now and in my own heart and again I've been this isn't an issue this isn't even a decision but it became a decision because it was unexpected money the Lord didn't know it was coming well actually he knew it was coming but I didn't know So I was like, Lord, do I tithe off this? And I began to answer that in a very cerebral way. I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of, it's not earnings. It's just what's classified as unexpected. Some of you aren't laughing because you don't like what I'm talking about, but trust me, this is good for your soul. Because how many of you want to be a generous person? The truth is we all want to be generous person, but you don't become generous in one moment on one year. You become generous over the years by consistently acting according to your true nature, according to God's nature in you. But there's part of you that wants to go Herod on things. And there's part of you that wants to be Cornelius and have a little more pasta. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, but the, the, the Bible had to answer that question. The truth had to answer that question. I, and I just simply quoted the verse to myself that we memorize in, in, in Transform Man, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your increase. And then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And then your vats will brim over with new wine. And it wasn't a question. It was unexpected money, but I honored God with it. But I found myself protecting it.
precious. <laughs> and isn't it funny that the longer that you look at your kingdom, your face gets uglier. Let me get my marriage ring back on. <laughs> Let me give you again my first thought. We shine the brightest when we stop protecting our kingdom. When we stop protecting our reputation. When we stop protecting our plot of land. Do you know that Jesus showed up into Herod's land and he actually wanted to bring blessing and forgiveness and grace into Herod's world, that he wasn't actually after Herod's position at all. Herod would have stayed the king. And if he had sought, hear me now, if he had sought the truth longer, instead of where will the Messiah be born in Bethlehem, he would have discovered that not only did God want to give him abundant life, he wanted to forgive all his sins. He wanted to have mercy on him. But he became protective. And he said, no, God, no. And I wonder to myself sometimes, which person will you be? Which person do you want to be? I believe you want to be like Cornelius the centurion. I believe you want to be a person of faith. I believe that you want to be a generous person. But here's what I want to tell you this. When, when Cornelius is prayerful and Cornelius is generous, watch this now, something happens not on earth, something happens in heaven first. Something happens where literally the Bible says a memorial is, is built sorry, so that God could not ignore his prayers and his giving. And in Acts chapter 10, 40 years after really Christ is, is born, we see this incredible warrior who's been praying, he doesn't know Jesus, he doesn't know there is a Jesus, he just knows he's meant to pray and he's meant to give. And then God himself sends an angel and says, Cornelius, your prayers and your giving have become a memorial before God. And now he says, I'm going to send my blessing to your life. I'm going to send my favor to your life. And he sends Peter. And Peter, as a Jewish man, preaches really the first un-Hebrew Greek sermon to a bunch of Italians and a bunch of Italians come to Jesus. A bunch of Romans come to Jesus. A bunch of people say yes to Christ. And what I love about this centurion soldier is he doesn't stop at prayer. He's generous. And then God continues to show him things that he would never know. I was talking to a man in our church after first service and he said, Pastor Anthony, I do this and I do this and I'm, I'm struggling with this right here. I'm struggling with this. And I just said to him, man, how long have you been coming to our church? And he said, six years. And I said, I want to congratulate you on being faithful for six years. He comes from a very, very difficult past. He honestly, one of the toughest pasts I think I've probably heard of in a young man, but he keeps showing up and he keeps doing what he knows to do. And he's like, I still wrestle with this. And I still wrestle with this. And here's Cornelius paving the way for you and I that we keep on doing what we know to do. And God continues to heal. And God continues to restore us. And God continues to lift us. And God continues to show up in our world if we will just be faithful with what we know to do. 
if the only thing you know to do is to come to church, if the only thing you know to do is Jesus help me, Jesus help me, if the only thing you know to do is to pray one little prayer in your, in your car before work, do that and keep doing it. And keep doing it. And keep doing it. And if you'll seek consistently, God will continue to show up in your life. Am I preaching to anyone today? Where is God speaking to you? Where is God warning you? But what is He promising you? Herod missed the promise. Because he was protective of his lifestyle. And I think most people miss Christianity because they're protective of the one thing they think God wants them to give up instead of seeing the big thing, the big field, the big thing that God wants to give them. He wants to give you himself. The message of Christianity is not don't, it's him. And him eventually will stop you doing some things. Yes, you do have to say no to some things. You do have to change some things. Don't ever let anyone tell you, listen, I'm I'm afraid of a faith and a Christianity that never leaves anything. If you don't change, you don't change. Like you, you have to, but it isn't. It's many times the journey God takes you on and the process God takes you on. He doesn't want to give you a religion. He wants to give you himself. He didn't want to give Herod a religion. He wanted to give him himself. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Number two today. We shine the brightest when we look outward to the needs of others. We shine the brightest when we stop protecting our kingdom. But I believe this. We shine the brightest when we look outward to the needs of others. How many need a little help on this sometimes? couple over here. You're still doing perfect over here in the right-hand side of church. None of you need any help. <laughs> How many need a little help sometimes to look outward? Yeah, yeah we all do. There's no, there is absolutely no question. I've never met anyone that doesn't need some encouragement sometime to serve someone else. But I remember a lesson many years ago that I got in, in college, which was, I think it was a leadership class that Miriam was a part of at the time. And I remember this pastor said, do you know the key to joy? He said, Jesus, others, you. Jesus, others, and you produces joy in your life. If you put Jesus in the right place and you'll serve others and use your gift and talent and, you, and who you are as a person to meet others' needs, you'll have joy. Because I've found if I put Jesus in the right place, He puts me in the right place anyway. I found if I just get to Him, He'll fix me. Every morning, I go to Jesus because I need fixing. How many need a little fixing? I'm not talking about an extra plate of Thanksgiving food. I need some fixing. But if I keep going, keep going to Christ. I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're still struggling with things, it's still like, oh, I'm still wrestling with this. Who isn't? My wife and I had a conversation after Thanksgiving, and I was like, babe, I was kind of upset about this, and so forth. We had a little chat about it, and I was like, why am I still dealing with this? Like, why am I still 
getting sensitive about that. Wouldn't Jesus have fixed me yet? It takes time. Yeah. How many know it takes time? Yeah. Come on, are you receiving this word? Yeah. Listen, we, we shine the brightest when we look outward to the needs of others. Yeah. Why do you, let me say this, why do you need to come to church and not just sit, but even just take a note, write down a scripture? Here's, here's why. Because you have weaknesses that only the word over time will heal. Recently, I was um, feeling like an old man. I like to work out. And um, ever since I've known my wife, I've been injured. <laughs> Which is 20 years. Like, uh, I injured myself right after college with a significant wrist injury that really never actually went away. Probably should have had surgery for it. So I'll give her my, my hand sometimes. That I'll just like, babe, come on. Just, just help me out. How I many you know when you're watching TV, it's perfect time for marriage people to massage each other? Well, let me tell you, it's happened about four times in this direction. It's happened about a million times in that direction. I'm just having my own counseling on the couch, sofa time right now, just to vent a little bit that, you know, massage has not come this way a lot. And my wife's just like, yeah, there you, there you go, you're good. I was like, really? Seven seconds? Is that what we got? I've been doing this for 15 years. I've been massaging your foot for 15 years and I got seven seconds. Is that what I got? Is that, is that, is that how it is? <laughs> we need a little work on resilient women, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so much so, I bought myself my own massager just the other day because I know it's not coming back in this direction. My wife was like, is that your Christmas present? I'm like, no. That's 15 years right there. That's 15 years. I'll talk about that later. Might as well fix this thing right now. But anyway, what was I talking about? So this morning I had a shower. <laughs> now the shower, you, you, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Some people are like, where's he going? Don't worry, you, we'll get there. I'll land this plane eventually. So this morning I had a shower and I, and I put on myself these KT strips. There's little in places of injury. So I put one on my bicep tendonitis and then I got some calf issues going on because I tore a tendon in my calf about a year and a half ago. And I, again, I still can't get any love for my wife on this, so I'll, I'll make her do it. You're right, it's seven seconds. But why do I say that? It's because there's still weaknesses in certain parts of my body. And those KT bands or athletic tape, what they do is tell your body hey, heal this area. What you and I need to do with the word is we take the word and that one piece of word that we need and we need to KT tape it on that area that feels like it keeps trying to hang on to our area or our territory and we keep going, this is my territory, God, and you need to remind yourself sometimes the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns it all every way. Every gift, every talent he's given you, it's all his anyway. But how many need a little reminder on that sometimes? 
And that's what the Word of God does. It literally, it applies to your soul in the areas of where you are weak. And you have a natural tendency to be selfish. And you have a natural tendency to flip out. You have a natural tendency to do whatever. And we all have certain natural tendencies. But the Word is meant to apply to our life where we have weaknesses. Do you believe that? Come on, worship team, come back. Where are you? You're not here. Let me ask you, let me end with this. The question isn't, should I be generous? But how can I personally be generous? Why? Because I'm a person of faith. The question isn't, should I be generous? But how can I personally be generous? And the question isn't, should I invite people? But how should I invite people in this season in a way that I would like to be invited? Because you don't want to walk up to people and go, hey man. You come to church with me. They're like, I ain't coming. You're weird. I would encourage you to invite people in the way you think you would probably want to be invited. And I've found the most effective inviters actually are very non-pressure. And they almost kind of throw it out to someone like, hey, you should come sometime. You should come. Right? That's no pressure. It's kind of like, you should come. You should check it out sometime. But I found the people like, you have to come. You have to come. You have to get there right now. If you're not there this Sunday, you're going to go to hell. Like, shoot. You should come sometime. You should check it out. Come and see John chapter 4. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come, come and see a place I found purpose. Come and see a place that's helped me. Come and see a place that I found meaning. That's how we shine the light. Generosity and attractive invitations. But in this season of Christmas, which man will you be? Which woman will you be? Will you be a Herod, protecting your own kingdom? Or be like Cornelius? Tell me the whole truth, God. I want all your blessings for my life. I want every blessing you have for me. And even the things I don't want to hear, I still want that. Because I want the whole truth. And I don't want to just distort the truth to my own personality, my own preferences. Come on, all across this place, would you close your eyes? Father, I thank you so much for every person here, every man here, every woman, every family represented, every generation that is in this room. Jesus, I pray that you would take these moments and make them super. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing of my own. But in you, God, I know it can bear incredible fruit. And so I pray, God, that faith and hope and purpose and destiny. I pray out of this place would come soldiers and champions. I pray out of this place would come transformed men and women. I pray out of this place would come always strong and healthy families, young people on fire for you, Lord, children that are brought up in the way of God. I pray out of this place and I believe you for miracles in every area of lives, Lord. I declare the blessing of God over this place, over every man and every woman. Lord, where they're wrestling things, they have no idea what they're wrestling. I declare over them the blessing of God. I declare over them the grace of God right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray. All across this place, I'm going to give those people an opportunity right now who've never said yes to Jesus. You may be like the Italian soldier who'd prayed, who'd given us some things, but he'd never met Jesus yet. 
Or maybe you're here today and you've met him, but you ran away from him, wandered away, slipped away. Or you're here today and you say, Anthony, I've got some faith, but I've never had the moment in my own heart where I invited him to say yes to me, to make me a child of God. That's what that centurion soldier did. He said, God, make me your child. And by grace and faith, he received it. So all across this place, while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, we're going to pray a prayer as a church and that prayer will connect you to a person. Come on, let's pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me, for entering earth. But I ask you, enter my heart, come into my soul. Today I declare, I am a child of God. I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. I declare today, God is my Father, Jesus my Lord, the Holy Spirit my help. The house of God is my house, the Word of God my food, the people of God my people. I declare today, I can become, I will become all that you want me to become. In the name of Jesus, if you pray that prayer with me today, all across this place, would you quickly raise your hand, raise it up high, nice and high. You pray that prayer, you meant business with God. Raise it up high, raise it up high, raise it up high. Hands going up all over the place. Thank you, 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 thank you. Come on, let's just give them a huge hand. Come on, come on. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.